Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, PCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Wasco. This is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, ATCK Pod. I am on once again with my man, Jonathan Rifkin. You can find him on Twitter at his name, Jonathan Rifkin, last name R I F K I N. D, we are breaking down the tight end prospects coming into the NFL draft set to kick off on Thursday. And we're also going to end this episode because there's only a few tight ends to cover. We're also going to get into a mock draft through the first round of the NFL mock draft. Jonathan and I both also co-host on the RDL show, Ryan D. Leaf show with the one and only Ryan Leaf, which we've been mentioning throughout the last couple of episodes. You can find us live with Ryan on air. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time on YouTube. Tune in for all sports coverage. Obviously, NFL dominant right now at the NFL Draft. Jonathan and I have been working on a mock draft for that show anyway, so we wanted to kind of bring in the fantasy perspective to this episode as well. So we'll be breaking down the tight end prospects, uh, just about four or five names or so, and we will be breaking down the first round mock draft of the NFL mock draft coming up if you have not yet please make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel right here give us a like and make sure to give us a comment down below and let us know your favorite tight end not named kyle pitts in this draft and then uh follow along with the mock draft as well but without any further ado let's welcome in jonathan rifkin once again for the fourth episode of the series my man great to have you back thanks again keep on grinding man you keep on leaving me with a well, it's like a cliffhanger for the next episode. You always say, like, we're, oh, we're going to do tight ends next. Well, I really want to do tight ends, so it motivates me <laughs> to get to the next episode. Oh, we're going to do a mock draft? All right, I guess we're doing a mock draft. Like, you, you keep it interesting, Sky, so I'm always happy to be here, man. Excellent. Love it. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. We've already done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. We've done wide receivers. And again, we're doing tight ends and a mock draft right now for this episode. Listeners and viewers jumping in on YouTube live this morning via Periscope, Facebook, or YouTube, feel free to jump in the comment section uh, and we can chat along with you, bring up your questions and commentary on the screen live, and we'll dive into that as we go along here. All right, man, we got a lot to cover. Uh, let's dive right into this here. Um, per usual, we're going to just get into the first couple of tight ends, and we'll do those one-on-one and maybe mention some deeper sleeper guys, and then we'll get into our mock draft. So let's start up here at the top. No surprise, Kyle Pitts out of Florida, 6'6", 245, 20 years old. He'll be <clears> – excuse me, he'll be 21 in October, so um, still young, uh, and as far as tight ends go, also very young. You know, again, he's one of these unicorns at the position here. Um, elite size and athleticism, but the at the position runs excellent routes. He's kind of one of these new age tight ends where he's more of a hybrid wide receiver than a true old school tight end that blocks primarily and runs a few routes. He's more of a route runner that can block a little bit as well. Uh, just under four five forty speed score in the ninety eighth percentile, forty in the ninety ninth percentile. Um, college yards per reception, 96th percentile, breakout age at 19, 96th percentile. There's nothing really we can say uh, to amplify Kyle Pitts anymore other than he's going to be special at the next level. It's just a matter of where he's going to go. We'll get into our mock draft later on. Um, but, Jonathan, anything extra to pile on to Kyle Pitts here coming out of Florida? He's going to be a beast, I think. Like, like, as far as tight ends go, the consistency of – 
quality tight ends pretty much varies, right? Like Jordan Reed is a good example. Now he got injured, but he had really up years. Mercedes Lewis had really up years. Um, what I mean, the Bennett's Jordan Cameron, Cameron Jordan, Cameron Jordan. Uh, no, Cameron, Cameron Jordan. Cam- yeah. Uh, this is and the, this is the hardest. This is the hardest one in football. Is those two names? Cameron um, Jordan, Jordan Cameron. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Vernon Davis as well. Right, Vernon Davis is there. Tyler Eifert hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he's in that conversation. Um, I just, I just think that I mean, even like Evan Ingram, right? Like Evan Ingram was like been fine, but like there were moments where he was like a top five tight end in the league. Um, I think tight ends are, I don't know, it's just weird. Like there are very few consistent tight ends. George Kittle is one of the few t- consistent tight ends right now. Uh, Travis Kelsey is obviously the best tight end. Like. Uh, Austin Hooper faded out. Jesse James faded out. All these guys come, they have a couple of peak seasons, and and after three or four years, they're basically out of the league. So it's like, okay, do you want to use your first-round pick on a guy in a position group that is typically – that peaks very early on or doesn't peak at all and then is off your team in four years, or do you want to invest that first-round pick in a guy – who you could potentially invest in for, you know, a much longer and more impactful season. And so I think Kyle Pitts, Pitts is going to be the risk worth the reward for a team or two in the top five to top eight part of the first round. Um, whether or not he pans out to be the next Gonzalez or uh, or even Travis Kelsey, I have no idea. But I think that he, I mean, he has the status to be really good and he has the qualifications and credibility from Florida to be uh, that he's a solid a solid candidate for this league. So that's I, I that ended up going much longer than I thought um in my response to you, Sky, but I do I do think that he's a tight end coming out that we haven't really seen in quite some time. Right. I totally agree. And it will be interesting to see who takes the quote unquote gamble on him in the NFL draft other than going with these wide receivers, left tackles, quarterbacks even one of the top running backs, you know, to take a tight end that high is rare. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson went, you know, Noah Fant, Eric Ebron years ago. Um, it does happen, but uh, it is it is rare. But um, Kyle Pitts rare as well. Okay, let's move on to the next one here. Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State, 6'5", 251. Nice Pretty much same birthday here in October as well. Um, he's a little bit older. He's a year older than uh, – Kyle Pitts, but really, if Pat Firemuth, if Kyle Pitts wasn't in this draft class, Pat Firemuth is far and away the wide receiver one in this class, and I think that goes to show his athleticism as well. Um, again, I think he's the best blocking tight end in this class. Kyle Pitts is is not known for his blocking, and that's okay. There's a lot of successful tight ends in the NFL who are pass catchers primarily, but what made Rob Gronkowski the best ever and what made what makes Travis Kelsey and George Kittle that next tier and really starting to get in that Gronk conversation all time and Jimmy Graham back in the day is that those guys are willing to block which means they stay on the field for almost all of the snaps and that opens up opportunity for checkdowns and red zone opportunities and bigger plays so Pat Fryermuth being able to be a great receiver and a pass blocker I think is uh is huge for him not as dominant as Kyle Pitts, obviously across the board, but still very good here for Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. Yeah, I just think that with, we have this conversation with wide receivers. Once you get after over like the transcendent talent of the 
position group for something like this, right? A tight end is, is sort of a dynamic position group, like wide receiver, even running back, but running back is even more of a crapshoot, I think. Um, there's a big drop off, right, from Kyle Pitts, I think. And then you get to Fryermuth, and, and he, you know, it looks like compared to the rest of the field that he has the most talent, but it's really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. Like tight end, tight end is used so differently in college than it is in the NFL. These guys like George Kittle wasn't as great of a blocker. Like he was a good blocker, but he was like he was developed. He was he was used by offensive line coaches in the NFL with qualifications to be able to convert him into a hybrid where he's going to go out and pass catch, but he's also a fantastic blocker. And in college, you don't really see that. And so, I don't know. I, I think that the blocking thing is something that is typically developed for the most part in the NFL. And beyond that, I just look at the offensive capabilities of these guys, and I just think that they're all kind of the same at this point, right? Hawkinson was heavily utilized when he was at Iowa. Um, and Iowa is obviously one of the tight end universities. Um, Penn State, Big Big Ten is pretty good for tight ends. Big uh, Penn State's had a few come out as well, I think, into the league over the, the last few years. So, I mean... <laughs> As we move on here, Sky, into this conversation, I think we're going to find some redundancy. But as far as, you know, his his stats go, like this guy was a beast and he did it in fewer than 16 games. Um, and so for somebody who's 6'5", 260, you, you're not going to go wrong with him. But I wouldn't expect him to be taken anywhere outside of like late second round, early third round at the earliest. Huh. That's interesting. I think he's going to go much earlier than that. I don't know about the back of the first round necessarily, uh, but I do think he'll go early to mid second round, actually, just because I think he's got the opportunity um, again to be a pass blocker. And, you know, as well as I do, taking away from fantasy for a second, blocking is so important to NFL teams. And if he's a hybrid right or left tackle slash slot receiver, Right, If he's playing both those positions, like Travis Kelsey, like George Kittle does, I'm not saying he's going to be those guys necessarily. Right. But because he's able to be those hybrid positional players and be on the field more often, I think that bodes well for his opportunity. He did uh, break Mike Kosicki's touchdown record at Penn State um, in 16 fewer games than Mike Kosicki. So um, we know that Mike Kosicki has all the potential. We talk about it every year that what he could do, what he could do, what he could do. It's been a tough quarterback situation for, for Mike Kosicki so far in Miami, but the talent is there. And I think that uh, in the right spot, um, Pat Fryermuth could have the same opportunity as well. Okay, let's move on here to the next one. Brevin Jordan, 6'3", 245 out of Miami, also 20 years old. He'll be 21 by the time uh, the season starts here. Um Decent threat. I think he's more on the athletic side than, than blocking. So his pass blocking isn't amazing. And again, I know we don't care about that stuff in fantasy football, but NFL teams do. So I take that stuff into consideration when I'm analyzing a prospect coming in, because I think that that weighs heavily in the choice of an NFL team and what their role might actually be. Uh, his he's got good hands, but his catching technique is weird. Like when you watch him catch footballs, it's not exactly smooth. Super athletic though, um, and I think he's going to be I think he's going to be just fine at the second level. But I do think he's going to be more of a second tight end um, situation. He's one of those tight ends that'll come into the league and probably not do much his first year or two. Let's not forget, George Kittle didn't do anything his first year. Travis Kelsey didn't do anything his first year. Very rarely do we see an Evan Ingram that comes on as a rookie and actually is able to be uh, productive right away. So I think Brevin Jordan has a lot of potential. It can grow into a great NFL player, um, but probably not in 
the first year uh, overall. So, you know, again, you mentioned we're going to talk about some redundancy. The next two or three players here are going to be those like solid NFL players, but I don't think jumping onto the fantasy scene anytime soon. Yeah, no, I think that that's a pretty fair evaluation. Brevin Jordan is is comped like kind of like a Virgil Green, like six undersized, right? Six three. Uh, 245, which is, I think Virgil Green is 6'3", 240. Evan Ingram is also 6'3", 240. And I think Evan Ingram, was, I'm glad you brought him up. I mentioned it earlier. He's more of a slot receiver at times. Like, I know that they have Sterling Shepard, but they throw him out in the slot in, in four wide sets and spread sets all of the time. They use him in the seam all of the time. And I think that that's more of what you're going to get out of Jones. And again, Virgil Green is a good example of that. Like he had two years where like he was actually a decent offensive wide receiver and now he's used or he was used. We'll see what happens with Jordan Reed. Wait, is Jordan Reed on the Rams or the Chargers? Jordan Reed just retired. He signed somewhere before he retired though. Well, he was on the 49ers last year before he No, I know. So wait, okay. So Hunter Henry is gone from the, who's the Chargers tight end? Is it just Virgil Green right now? Or did they sign somebody? Um, I believe they signed Jared Cook. All that. That's that, who it is. Sorry, Jared Cook. That's a much better. So he's going to Virgil Green will be used as a secondary to to for uh, to Jared Cook, just like Hunter Henry was the primary, and Virgil Green was the secondary last year in the Chargers' offense. And so I think that your evaluation of Jones and how he's going to be utilized as an undersized tight end, who's more of an offensive threat than and and sort of a pass block, blocking liability. Uh, those are the comps, Evan Ingram, Virgil Green-esque, that I think are fair what to expect out of him if he does indeed get some time on the field this season. And I actually like uh, – I wasn't even thinking about it because he's kind of <clears throat> he's kind of OG at this point, uh, so I wasn't thinking of the current comp. But Jared Cook has had a hell of a career, to be honest with you, at, at the tight end position. He's been on yeah. multiple teams, but he's been very effective wherever he's gone. He was drafted in the third round in 2009 by Tennessee, and yes, he is – he was the one that, that the Chargers picked up. I just pulled it up and realized he was picked in the third round as well. So Brevin Jordan, you know, we're going to talk about Hunter Long here in a second as well as some of these deeper guys. Third round is okay for the tight end because, again, they're going to need that time to develop anyway. Pat Fryermuth, I think, can come in and contribute right away. Probably a day two pick, and Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. So uh, Brevin Jordan, I think, has opportunity, but probably not for – Probably not for a season or two, just because I think it's going to take him a while to to actually get going on. But, you know, <clears throat> something interesting to mention about Brevin Jordan, he was a five-star recruit, originally sought after more so than Kyle Pitts at the time out of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area. I think that's important. Like now it's obviously Kyle Pitts because of what he did at Florida, but coming out of high school into college, Brevin Jordan and Kyle Pitts were kind of neck and neck there. He led all FBS tight ends and yards after the catch with 353 However, he's missed nine of his 37 games in college, and he was hurt each season that he played. So I like the Jordan Reed comp as well, kind of, again, more of an athletic than a blocking tight end. And the NFL is moving that way, but blocking matters in the NFL. And if not, then a team has to have a blocking tight end to open up for that move tight end. Uh, and not everybody can be a great pass-catching tight end, but I do think Brevin Jordan has that opportunity. Okay, let's move into uh, probably our second-to-last guy here, and we'll move into the mock draft. Let's talk about Hunter Long at uh, Boston College. <clears throat> Excuse me. 6'5", 254, uh, B-22, so he's coming out a little bit older as well. 
Um, great passing threat gets open in, in like soft, uh, soft zone areas, which is different. So like kind of that Jason Witten move, right? Jason Witten made a career over 10 yard curls, 12 yard curls, 10 yard outs. And it wasn't sexy most of the time, but it got the job done and he was able to move the chains. And obviously NFL teams care about that. Not a great pass blocker, but I think that's becoming a theme with tight ends nowadays, at least that are fantasy relevant. Um, not incredibly athletic as far as burst scores and speed scores and stuff like that. Pretty much in the 60th, 80th percentile on things. Late breakout age at 20 years old. You like to see that a little bit younger, but for tight end, it's not as big of a deal. So Hunter Long, I think, again, quality prospect. He's kind of gives me like a uh, uh, not as good Pat Fryermuth vibe. Um, I think he will be a contributor to an NFL team. Uh, like even a Heath Miller way back in the day for the Steelers was not a game breaker, but he was a very reliable option in that Steelers offense for a very long time. Got first downs, red zone target, reliable uh, possession receiver. And I think that's probably what Hunter Long will end up being. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head here, Sky. That's That was his role at, at Boston College, right? And I think that red zone tight end targets are a big factor in the NFL and teams look for that. It's not going to make you a sexy pick and you're not going to go in in the first two rounds probably. But if teams who have their needs filled in those first two rounds are now looking for that quality to be, to be filled, right. Or looking for that role to be filled in their, in their offense, then Hunter long is the perfect pick for that. So I could see him going in like mid third round, probably early third round um, to one of the better teams in the league. So a team I agree. That's going- doesn't have a ton of needs, can afford to pull the trigger on, like you said, a possession tight end who they can rely on like third and six to just go to the ground seven yards, you know, a yard past the line to gain and get that first down or to fall into the end zone, you know, on an out route on on and goal possessions, right? Like these are very valuable guys, great hands um, that you can dump down to flats that you can, you know, you throw into two tight end sets and they could be the offensive tight end. You have another one coming in fast blocking or delayed flat route. Like there's a ton of dynamic opportunity with a guy who can catch out of that position and Hunter long fits that bill. So, um, you know, I could see him going to like the Packers. I know JC Sternberger's kind of in that role already there. Well, Robert, I think Robert Tunyon's the guy there for a while, but no, but I don't think, but I don't think Hunter Long is going to come in. And, like Robert Tunyon's a big boy. Robert Tunyon is 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 the tight end one on this team, but I also think that having a more, just a more athletic tight end lined up next to him, mm-hmm. if they go into like a, a bigger package in in an angle situation or in the red zone to create an extra opportunity for Aaron Rodgers, another option for him, because he's very good at spreading the ball around and having another reliable guy for him. All it does is benefit him. So, um, nice. and it was more like, and I don't think the Packers are going to be the, necessarily the team that takes him. I'm just thinking of a team like the Packers, right? A team with an established offense already that is now just looking for extra guys to pile on that can be offensive uh, targets. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're only going to talk about the first round of the NFL mock draft. So we're not going to get to Hunter Long in our conversation coming up in the second half of this episode. However, a team like the Chiefs, to your point, I think a team like the Chiefs that already have Travis Kelsey, like, look, obviously, Travis Kelsey is all world. And, you know, Hunter Long is, is going to be behind him. However, having a dual threat and another option out there that can run routes and and block when he needs to. And if Travis Kelsey, he's getting older, he's over 30 now. So as he starts to 
accumulate those extra saps and wear down. Hunter Long is coming behind him. Um, you know, I think we we see that often with younger tight ends who get in, a year behind somebody and they're able to take that next uh, next jump. I think is going to be Grout Adam Troutman in New Orleans. I expect a big season from the Saints. Use the tight end a lot. He learned behind Jared Cook, who's been an incredible professional tight end for over a decade. So those are the type of opportunities I think I think you hit the nail on the head. A um, couple more specs on Hunter Long, and we'll get to one more name, take a break, and get into our mock draft. Two-star recruit, not very impressive, obviously coming out of high school. However, <laughs> grew into his body late. 83-inch wingspan, which is very impressive, of course. Solid hands, immediate red zone threat, as you mentioned, and reminds me again of Jason Witten, kind of his style of play, and Cole Komet, who had some you know, some uh, flashes last year in Chicago, I expect. He was the top prospect coming in last year at Notre Dame. I think Hunter Long could then, you know, again, grow into that eventually in the right situation if they're to use him there. And look, the 49ers are George Kittle, too. They had Jordan Reed last year. Um, he couldn't stay uh, stay healthy, but George Kittle went down as well. They need a reliable option. A Hunter Long type player, I think, could be helpful as well. All right, man, let's jump into one more name here, and then we will take a break and get into our mock draft. One more kind of deeper name um, that I'd like to bring up, and if you have anybody else on the tight end list that you would like to bring up too, feel free to to jump in after this here. Uh, Kenny Yaboa out of Ole Miss. Um, we've been talking about the Ole Miss pass catchers for the last couple of drafts, DK Metcalf, uh, A.J. Brown. Now we're talking about Elijah Moore coming in this year, and – Kenny Yaboa, who is technically a tight end, but another one of these guys, I mean, college yards per catch, 19 yards per reception, 99th percentile, very, very dominant, obviously. 6'4", 240, coming out a bit older, which I actually like in tight ends. He'll be 23 in October, so he has more time to mature, which is good at the tight end position. Uh, deep threat, great after the catch. Decent blocker, which again is good news. Um, deep target option. Again, I think he can stretch the middle of the field. He can get those deeper routes versus just those Jason Witten-esque curls and deeper routes. Um, I think he's getting overshadowed overshadowed by these other tight ends and being at Ole Miss. Um, just a different offense there, but uh, limited opportunity for him overall. Uh, his route running, his drops, blah, blah, blah. Like DK Metcalf had the same cons coming into the NFL that he wasn't a polished receiver, ran a limited route tree in this, you know, running gun offense. But guess what? Ultimately, throwing the ball, if he catches it, he's going to be a problem. And I think Kenny Yaboa is going under the radar massively uh, for the NFL draft. And look, if he's a day three pick that we've been talking about, like Hunter Long, some team I think is going to get a steal. Uh, with Kenny Yaboa that nobody's really paying attention to right now. They might get him just for depth, and he might end up winning a job in the next uh, year or two. So keep an eye out for Kenny Yaboa. Is there any – he's also a fifth-year senior again, so he's he's just more matured, which I, I appreciate um, at the uh, rookie tight end position. Jonathan, any thoughts on Kenny Yaboa, kind of a deeper name, or do you have anybody else in this class that you want to just put a mention toward real quick before we no, move I on? Think, I think that Yaboa is the appropriate name to – to converse about here um and you're right he is he's really a wide receiver i mean he set the old miss record against alabama he had seven catches for 181 yards and two scores this past year um why is he so effective because he basically 
is always out in a route and teams who decide to play man have to cover him with a linebacker. Can't. Gonna, they, they legitimately cannot. Alabama had the best, some of the best linebackers outside of maybe Oregon and USC in the nation this year. And this guy burned them. So they switched to safeties. The problem is what's pro- what's what's wrong with safeties covering a tight ends guy. Too small. They're too small they're and they can't keep up. Too small. Yeah. Exactly. So if you get a guy to throw you bow the football in man-on-man coverage against a safety, or if he beats his linebacker in like a cover two or his own defense in the flat, and he's onto the second level, and you have a safety covering him, as long as he's inside leverage, he's probably going to win that matchup and make the catch. This guy is dynamic. I would be shocked. I would not be shocked, actually, if he ended up being more of a converted wide receiver, yeah, um, two, tight end two wide receiver once he gets to the NFL level, because the ability to be that athletic – um, and to have an advantage. That's what DK Metcalf is. And I'm not saying that he's DK Metcalf, right? But it's the Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin um, ideal wide receiver tight end build. Like, we've mm-hmm. seen this output from Lane Kiffin in colleges since, I mean, his days at USC, really. Um, and I don't think that Yabo is any different. So I, I like your the spotlight that you shined on him. Um, and I basically agree with everything that you said. Just and... And uh, Evan Ingram is another kind of comp. Um, just again, old Miss receiver. And look, Evan Ingram has not been able to stay healthy, but we say it every single season. He's one of those, like, if he stays healthy, he could be a top three Ingram fantasy tight end. He just isn't. For four seconds and get well, sure. Yeah. If he's not fumbling three times a, a game. But Kenny Abo, I think, will be a steal on day three. Okay, man. That breaks down our tight end prospects. Again, there are. I mean, there's 15 more tight ends in this draft class. Um, Most of them will get drafted. Most of them are blocking tight ends specifically, so we're not very, very important and valuable to an NFL franchise, not so much in fantasy football, so we're skipping over a lot of those guys. Make sure to drop a comment, though, down here in the YouTube and let us know if we skipped any of your players. Jonathan, I did notice, I don't want a tangent because I know that you'll go off for a half an hour. We don't have time to do it today. I did notice, though, that we're not covering any Pac-12 tight ends this year, which I thought was interesting because the Pac-12 is pretty uh, pretty consistent in dropping um, tight ends, so possibly next year we'll see what happens, but that was an observation for myself. So keep an eye out on the tight end. We all know about Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth, but there's some other guys here to keep an eye on in your dynasty leagues. Okay, quick break. Let's give a shout-out to the Jersey Jungle, and then we will get into our mock draft. So – if you look behind me here, if you're on YouTube and you can see right behind me, I got a Julio Jones and a Larry Fitzgerald, both two of my favorite players all time, two of the best individuals in the NFL on a human level, two of the best wide receivers of all time, certainly both Hall of Famers coming up. These two jerseys just came in the mail from the Jersey Jungle this weekend. I was super pumped to open the door Saturday morning, and the first thing I saw was ban this package, and it had both these jerseys in it. You can see behind me the stitch and twill on Larry Fitzgerald. You got the Cardinals logo above his name. You got the white with the black background on the number as well. I tucked the sleeves in behind me because it fits better in the framing, but it has a nice cardinal on the side. On the other side here, you can see Julio Jones as well. He's got the Falcon on his sleeves. Again, these are all stitch and twill jerseys, which means they are they are patched on. They are not ironed on. So if I wash them in the dryer, they will not be coming off there. So great quality jerseys. They fit fantastic uh, for me, and I appreciate those. Make sure you go to the Jersey Jungle on Instagram and hit them up 
give them a dm at the jersey jungle the jersey jungle on instagram use the promo code tck to get 10 percent off of one or two jerseys 15 percent off of three jerseys i actually got a third jersey that i'll show to you all uh at another time but i got three jerseys 15 percent off one jersey on nfl.com is 120 dollars jersey jungle starts at 65 for nfl jerseys at cost and then you can use the promo code. So you're talking, you know, about $50 per jersey. You can get three jerseys for almost the price of one uh, on NFL.com. So hit up the Jersey Jungle. Get your favorite player for fantasy. They also have hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, throwbacks, custom as well. Hit up the Jersey Jungle. Get yourself some new attire. I know you will appreciate it. All right. Jonathan, is there any rookie in this class coming in here that you are kind of, you know, just a fan of the player so much that regardless of the team that they fall on to, you're looking forward to getting their jersey this year? Justin Herbert was our guy. You and I are both ducks. We've been over this a million times. Well, I needed a football team also. And being from LA and being a Chargers fan is a big no no. Sky. <laughs> That's because- well, I'm a I'm a Niner fan in Seahawk country, so I hear you. Okay, but you're from you're from Niner. Country, true, so that's true. So that's that's true. allowed, right? Like that's I'm true. from LA. I'm from LA at a time when there wasn't an, an LA football team, but the generation before me um, was Rams fans, right? Because the Rams were in LA and they hated the the Oakland Raiders, and right. so and so of course the Chargers move up, and being the anti, uh, I don't know, the recessive gene that I am. Everybody's Rams fans, and I wanted to be a Chargers fan, and I wanted to have the excuse to be a Chargers fan because I just like the Chargers better, anyways. I liked Philip Rivers, I liked Ladanian Tomlinson back in the day. Like this is, I like San Diego. Like I live in San Diego right now, and I like the Chargers more than most people in San Diego like the Chargers now. Um, but Justin Herbert, you know, I didn't really have a team, and I was like, all right, well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I can be a fan of a player, and Justin Herbert got drafted because he was going to be the player that I was a fan of. He got drafted to the Chargers, gave me my reason to be a Chargers fan, and that's the end of the story. So there's the tangent on that. But to answer your original question here, Sky, um, a player that I'm so excited coming out that I can't wait to get their jersey no matter where they go. Man, I don't know if I'm that passionate about anybody in this draft. That's a tough one. Because I'm fan of certain players because I've been covering them for a while, Sky. Right. And that's what. That's why I ask. Because some of these I guys you've been covering right. since high but school, and they've. But I don't want to go. I don't want to go and get a jersey, of a player that isn't going to end up being. I mean, like it's cool. Like, yeah, I have a jersey of a guy that I've been covering since high school. I've called in high school and college, and is now in the NFL. But at the same time, if they're bad, it's like I can. I have the story still. I don't know if I want to go and invest in the jersey. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if I'll think about it as we progress into the mock draft, and uh, and I'll let you know if any comes to mind. But I think right now, I think right now, I'm just more excited to see how the class pans out, right, and and who stands out after our evaluations. Excellent. Well, I I, I respect that. I respect that. And I know that you have been covering a handful of these guys since college or since high school, I should say. Yep. Uh, so you have some actual personal relationships, such as Justin Herbert, um, back with your time at Oregon. So I was interested in that. Okay, man. Well, let's get into this here. We've uh, we've got a mock draft set up. We're going we're gonna to cut off a lot of the fat here. So uh, for sake of time, first of all, I'd like to get this done within 20, 30 minutes. Um, we are only discussing fantasy-relevant players for this particular mock draft. 
So we are going to skip over offensive tackles, defensive players, yada, yada. What I'd like to do here is just kind of grip up. Um, we have basically covered all of these players now throughout the series of our episodes. Quarterbacks and running backs were last week. We did wide receivers last episode. We just did tight ends. So we've basically broken down all these players. We don't need to do all that again. What I'd like to do instead is take about three or four picks in a row in a group and I'm going to rattle off mine. You're going to rattle off yours. If we differentiate, we'll talk about those in particular. But what I like to do is take a, num a couple numbers, a couple teams, who we think they're going to be, who they're going to draft, and we can just cruise through there. But we can save a lot of the player commentary um, because we've already done those. However, I want to do like this player might land here. And that he'll immediately be a starter because they don't have that position yet, or this guy just retired, or this guy moved on to free agency. Those kind of things are great, uh, but we've already broken down the individual players. So, without any further ado, man, are you ready to do this? I've been excited about this for a couple of weeks here. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So, let's get into it. Let's start with the top four, and we're going to get into the Jacksonville Jaguars at one, the Jets at two, Niners at three, Falcons at four. Now, if you have, a, if you have, um, if you have accounted for teams trading in your mock draft, I think that's fantastic and definitely mention that. But as it stands, we've got the Jags, the Jets, the Niners, and the Falcons in the top four. I'll go first here and I'll let you reply. I have four quarterbacks going in the top four. We got Lance at the Jaguars, we got Wilson at the Jets, Fields to my Niners. And maybe that's just me hoping and praying, honestly, because it's probably Trey Lance or Mac Jones. But I'm going to go with Justin Fields at number three at the Niners. And then the Falcons take Trey Lance to sit behind Matt Ryan. Do you have any disagreements in the top four? And if so, what does your top four look like? You know, it's funny that you say that you have Justin Fields when it's probably going to be Trey Lance or Mac Jones going to the Niners at three. I also have Justin Fields going three. To the Niners, I think Justin Fields is the second, like, is the second best talent. Yeah, me too. Truthfully, me too. Um, Zach Wilson will get the, the Jets job at two. I have Lawrence one, Wilson two, Fields three. The only difference that I have with you is I have Mac Jones going oh, wow. four and not Trey Lance. Now, in an offense led by Matt Ryan, Trey Lance almost seems like a better option behind him. Right? Big. Arm. I agree. Because honestly, Mac Jones is ready to probably start now for a team. He's he's the most pro ready quarterback in my opinion, and just his demeanor. He's the smart. He's by far the smartest, most intelligent quarterback in this draft. Um, and I think that that is more beneficial for him. With that being said, I think Atlanta. I don't know. I think they need somebody that they can trust, right? I, I know that Julio's on the market, but if they can get a guy who they can keep the consistency going post Matt Ryan era in terms of just great wide receiver play and dynamic, uh, you know, 40 plus yard attempts consistently throughout the game, not 40, 30 plus yard attempts throughout the game um, with also a great ability to see the field and dump down and, you know, you look at third and fourth reads, all that good stuff. I think Mac Jones is your guy. And so I don't know. I think that Jones, He's too good not to be picked in the top four, and that just speaks to the depth of this quarterback draft. Fair um, enough. And so I just think the Falcons, he's just a sexier name at four than Trey Lance, in my opinion, and I think the Falcons are going to take him. Um, but, man, if Trey Lance pans out, what an offense that would be if they end up taking him at four. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and for me, it's just the same argument that you know, 49er fans like the city of San Francisco does not want Mac Jones. And it's nothing against the kid personally. It's just that we believe as 49er fans, we already have Mac Jones and we've been dealing with that. So why not get a different style quarterback in a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields? And in my opinion, Justin Fields is more ready to go now, and we can't trust Jimmy's health. It just it can't happen. So that's going to be interesting because my argument back to Mac Jones going to the Falcons would be the same as the 49ers. Matt Ryan and Mac Jones are similar style quarterbacks. So now what I said on another – It is the thing here, Sky. Matt Ryan hasn't been – Matt Ryan has been a good quarterback for them. Mm-hmm. There's been there's been times when, when he hasn't, but for the most part, he's been a great quarterback. They haven't had much of an offensive line to protect them. And they've had a rotating backfield that hasn't had a lot of consistency with an offense. Well, and a terrible defense his entire career. Right. This guy doesn't get doesn't get rewarded for a good offense anyways. And he has to come on the field super quickly because they give up, you know, a two or three minute drive here and there. So there's a lot of stipulations surrounding circumstances, I should, circumstances, I should say, surrounding uh, Matt Ryan. And he's been really good. So if you improve the team around Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's gone and you plug in Mac Jones and you build the team around Mac Jones, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And and I guess what I said on another podcast, I guess on a, uh, the commish fantasy football podcast, good friends of the TCK crew, they brought me on to talk 49ers at the number three last week. And my answer was the same that I'm saying, like as a 49er fan, I don't want Mac Jones at that position. And I don't think the 49ers will go there. All the reports say that they will. I just don't think they will at the end of the day. And what I was saying is, if you're replacing Jimmy Garoppolo with Mac Jones, to me, that makes no sense. Jimmy Garoppolo is still young enough and has potential, if you can stay healthy, to fill in with Mac Jones. It just doesn't make sense. My my, uh, counter to that was a team like the Falcons taking Mac Jones behind Matt Ryan makes sense to me because they are the same quarterback. And if they like that scheme there, then they can just continue with Mac Jones after Matt Ryan moves on because they like that scheme and he's younger and he, they're saving 15 years on Mac Jones. So I like your point there for the 49ers. It doesn't make sense for the Falcons. I think it does. Obviously a lot of people want Kyle Pitts to end up there. They could even trade or get one of these offensive tackles or trade out. But in our mock drafts, we have uh, the three quarterbacks coming at the top are the same Lawrence Wilson fields. I have um, Trey Lance going to the Falcons. You have Mac Jones. Okay, let's go to the next group of four. Again, these are just fantasy-relevant mentions, so we're going to skip around a little bit now. At number six, seven, eight, and 12 are the teams I'm going to talk about. So it's six with the Dolphins. I have Jamar Chase out of LSU going there. At number seven for the Detroit Lions, I have Devontae Smith out of Alabama, wide receiver going there. Carolina, I have Kyle Pitts falling to Carolina. That is the main position on the offensive side, at least, that they need that they didn't have last year with Ian Thomas. This should be a run-and-gun offense with Matt Rule. I believe in Sam Darnold. I like the other weapons there. Christian McCaffrey's coming back. I love Kyle Pitts falling to the Carolina Panthers. And at number 12, Philadelphia Eagles getting Jalen Waddell, uh, the other wide receiver from Alabama, a deep threat. Deshaun Jackson's gone. Alshon Jeffrey's gone. They only have Jalen Rager. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside-ish, but he hasn't necessarily panned out. I love the deep threat there. Um, with Jalen Hurts. They played together at Alabama. He's got a deep arm. I love that connection. So uh, Dolphins, Lions, Panthers, and Eagles for me, Chase, Smith, Pitts, and Waddle. Who are your next four fantasy-relevant moves here, Jonathan? Okay, so for 
Um, so yeah, five got Sewell. Okay, so for six, I have Chase as well going to Miami. Um, I think that's the most obvious pick here at six. I have seven, so I also you did you have you had Denver trading as well. So uh, I, uh, I do. I had Denver training, but later at nine. So okay, Detroit so, Lions. I have right, Devonta Smith. Yeah. So I have I have Denver swapping with um with Detroit. Detroit. Okay, moving up two spots. Yes, and I think that they draft Trey Lance. Okay, there's your five quarterbacks. All so right. There's my fifth quarterback. Um, that's an interesting pick for them. I think that they need to light a fire under Drew Locke's ass. Um, and if he, they also need to have a backup in case it doesn't work out or somebody that can come in and just take the job from him. Trey Lance could be that guy. You could. Uh, dynamic quarterback. Yeah, dynamic quarterback with the with the, a history of being able to play in cold weather in North Dakota State, where the air is thinner and the ball carries. Yeah, I think that that's a phenomenal option for them. So I've I've Denver swapping with the Lions and taking Lance. I have Carolina at eight taking Pitts as well, um, in that in that spot. So and then I actually I have the Lions at nine taking Smith. So that okay, those are my next hand. So pretty much. Pretty much the same players. You didn't mention Jalen Waddle, but you'll get to him. Uh, pretty much the same players in the same teams, except for the Eagles, and you have the Broncos moving up and swapping spots with the Lions. I like that move, man. I really do. I think love the scouting report on playing in cold weather. Uh, that shit matters. Um, I like that a lot, actually, and uh, that's a good that's a good move there in thinner air. And we know that John Elway loves his quarterbacks. Drew Locke, I don't think is terrible. He broke all sorts of records at Missouri. Broke all of Brett, Brett Favre's records. He's a good quarterback, um, but it just hasn't panned out. Cortland yeah. Sutton went down last year. Noah Fant got hurt. Albert O got hurt last year. Jerry Judy didn't pan out. The running back situation was kind of wonky with Gordon and, and Philip uh, Lindsay, and our boy Royce Freeman, who's been just cast aside, unfortunately. But if they can get it set at quarterback, this Denver Bronco offense could be very surprising. And let's be honest, in that AFC West division, the Chargers, the Raiders on a good day, and the Chiefs obviously are fun and gun offenses, and the Broncos will have to catch up now that their defense isn't what it used to be. Okay, man, I'll move on here. My next four are my final four in the first round here of fantasy-relevant players. At 20, I have the Chicago Bears taking wide receiver Kadarius Toney out of Florida. At 21, I have um, Green Bay moving up uh, to swap spots from 29 to 21 with the Colts, and Green Bay takes Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, wide receiver. 26, the Cleveland Browns take Terrace Marshall, wide receiver out of LSU. And at 27, the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens take Rondale Moore out of Purdue. So I actually have four receivers going in my next couple picks. Bears take Kadarius Toney to fill in for the Anthony Miller role. Um, I think he's going to be a great asset. Again, more that Antonio Brown-style receiver can return kicks. They don't have Cordero Patterson anymore. Um they need that position. They also have another slot receiver. Darnell Mooney and uh, Allen Robinson are fantastic. Cole commit over the middle. They need that slot guy. I like Kadarius Tony. He's my favorite slot receiver. The Packers don't make the same mistake they've made years in a row. They move up and they get their guy, Rashad Bateman, biggest wide receiver in this class. We talked about him uh, on the previous episode. I think he's a great comp on the other side of possession style receiver with wheels and a big arm with Aaron Rodgers on the other side of uh, Devonte Adams 
And then I have the Browns taking Terrace Marshall. Look, this is kind of, I don't know. It just made sense. Terrace Marshall, excellent wide receiver at LSU. Everyone knows about Jamar Chase, but Terrace Marshall is also a beast. And the reality is there's already two LSU wide receivers there. We know that they love that situation with uh, Jamar or uh, Landry and Odell Beckham. I do like uh, Terrace Marshall. And there are murmurs that Odell Beckham could be moved on draft day or by the NFL trade deadline this year or next season. If he leaves, I think Terrace Marshall would be a nice replacement anyway. And then the Ravens take Rondale Moore. I just think they need a second receiver, and Rondale Moore is the next one up in my rankings out of Purdue. So um, those are my next four. Bears, uh, Packers moving up, swiping with the Colts, the Browns, and the Ravens. What are your next four picks, Jonathan? Yeah, so I'll um, I'll hit those two, the 20 and 21 spots too. I have a couple of – like I had um, the only next really relevant one I had was at 11. I had the Giants taking Jalen Waddle um, at 11. But other than that, uh, I'll hit those those later first round picks that you just went over. So um, you had 20, 21, 26, and 27. You had four wide receivers in those spots. Okay, so for 20, I also have – the Chicago Bears taking wide receiver. I have Kadarius Tony going, though, at 28th to the Packers. I have Rashad Bateman going uh, 20th to the Bears. I also would not be surprised, I just want to say, if the Bears decided if he was still on the board to take Davis Mills. I know that they just signed Andy Dalton. Like I, it. Know, I know they have Nick Foles. But do you really want Andy Dalton and Nick Foles to be the future of your team? Probably not. Go and get a guy who is a, a, a sponge of information, right? He went to Stanford. This guy is an incredibly intelligent human being. Put him behind two veterans who have had success in the NFL, who have had pretty decent careers for the most part. Dalton, obviously, like, he couldn't get it done in the postseason, but he got to the postseason, and he did it on some very interesting terms with the coaching staff and the team around him. And Nick Foles is, a, is the journeyman now at this point who's won a Super Bowl. Um and so I think that that would be an interesting pick to take Davis Mills at if you're Chicago. But I think that Bateman's the more realistic one. Uh, very well-rounded, deceptive route-running wide receiver. We talked about him at 6'2", 210. He has a lot of speed as an athlete out of Minnesota. Just a sophomore, um, so limited playing time out up there for P.J. Fleck. But I think that he's a solid wide receiver option. This is sort of where it's it's just a pick him with the wide receivers um, at this point of the first round. So. Um, I'm with you, wide receiver Bears. Uh, you have Kadarius Tony. I have Rashad Bateman. So 21, you have the Colts taking Rashad Bateman. Um, I have the Colts taking Elijah Moore, the incredibly fast slot receiver uh, down, and a downfield threat out of Ole Miss. We'll see who's really going to be the one throwing him the football. Um, but as long as, I don't know, he's getting comp to Tyreek Hill, right? Obviously, he's not going to have Pat Mahomes. But he's going to have a guy who's going to be able to probably throw him the ball effectively down the field. And when you have a a big possession wide receiver on the outside like Pittman, and then you have um, – who's their other? Who's their why? Uh, well, they have DeMarcus – oh, the Chiefs? No, the Colts. Or the, oh, the Colts. Um, let's see. They have uh, – yeah, they have Pittman. They have – uh, Hilton, and then if Paris and Campbell can stay healthy. Yeah, and Campbell. Okay, so, I mean, Elijah, what are they really lacking? They're lacking a really uh, a really fast and dynamic uh, wide receiver, and I think Elijah Moore 
fits that bill for them. Um, moving on here to 20. So 26 and 27, I have defensive players. Um, but I told you Kadarius Tony for me was going 29. Do I have any other offensive players here uh, in between that at the end? No. And then earlier on, yeah, nothing relevant really since um, 11 and uh, Jalen Waddle. Excellent. I think that's a good group. I have, I mean, it's tough when you get out, out of those top three wide receivers, they kind of mismatch a little yeah. bit. Um, your pick of Rashad Bateman to the Bears is interesting to me only because I think he's an excellent receiver. He's my number four receiver or five receiver, I guess. Uh, Kadarius Tony's ahead of him only because he plays slot in my mock draft. But as wide receivers go, Rashad Bateman's my number four. Um, it's interesting though that you put him on the Bears because, in my opinion, he is another Allen Robinson, like comp-wise, size, possession, similar speed. Um, Allen Robinson's not a burner by any means, but he's an incredible, pat, you know, possession receiver. Rashad Bateman's a little faster, um, but similar style. So to have two of, I don't want to say the same, but two similar wide wide receivers would be interesting there. Where I think the Bears just need a, a slot guy. I do like your call on Davis Mills, though, and the reality is, like, let me look at round two just for science here. Bears select in the back of eh, about the middle of the second round, and I don't think – I don't know, man. Davis, Davis Mills I mean, fall that Davis, far. I mean, yeah, who I don't think the, I don't think he will, right? I, when you look at the teams picking ahead of him, um, they, Miami they could take a quarterback in the second round. Philadelphia could take a quarterback in the second round. Denver, if they don't take a quarterback in the in the first, yeah. um, honestly, I wouldn't put the Giants past it necessarily. Yeah, uh, obviously New England, if they don't, I was get gonna one. say the Patriots are picking ahead of them. The Raiders could be taking a quarterback. Yeah, and I have I have the Patriots kind of flip flopping between a great like Micah Parsons type linebacker to solidify that defense that's just not what it used to be. And I also like maybe Mac Jones falls there as well. So I didn't mention Mac Jones, but Mac Jones, I think, could end up on the Patriots if he falls as far to – and I know you have him in your top five, so you don't think this way. Well, I think the Patriots – I think if he falls outside of the top five, we see a trade and the Patriots move up into that like Broncos spot at nine and take him. Me too. That's what I think ends up happening. So we talked about this on Ryan's show, and just simply, we've we talked about this like two, three weeks ago. Now we're, you know, the draft is tomorrow. Uh, are we going to get into five or six quarterbacks going in the first round? You already have five, and you mentioned maybe Davis Mills. I have four and a half with maybe Mac Jones falling, just because, again, I've, I've mentioned my Mac Jones situation. I lean closer to five, but I could see a Davis Mills slipping into the back of the second. Ryan thinks it'll be closer to six. Do you think really we could see six quarterbacks in the first round? I don't know. Create. This is one of those situations where you have to think like, okay, every single mock draft by experts in this in this field are based basically on logic, and every yeah. single year, every single expert is is wrong in some capacity, right? Why is that? <laughs> because logic, because logic is superseded by all sorts of humanistic qualities, infatuation, infatuations and like potential, potential numbers, highlight yeah. tapes, like numbers, mm -hmm. like there's all these different things that transcend um, 
rationality when it comes to some of these picks. And so, like, ra- realistically, no, there should not be more than probably even four quarterbacks taken in this first round. But odds are there's probably needing five. And because this is the way that the draft works, there could be six. So, yes, I do think that it would be ignorant to assume that o- only four or five quarterbacks would be taken because with the way that we know every single year and Bill Belichick likes to do weird things. Like we, his yep. draft record is, is very spotty yep. um, and he doesn't like to pull the trigger and drop and trade up. And I think that th- this might be a season where, like I said, if Mac Jones falls or even if Davis Mills is on the board, how crazy would it be if he just traded up to, to nine or to 12 and picked Davis Mills and every, Half the people who are watching the draft have never heard of this guy. Yeah, most <laughs> no Belichick thing to do, and there's and Mac Jones is already gone. There's your sixth quarterback taken, right? Or wow. if Trey Lance falls. Trey Lance could fall to late in the like. You never know with some of this stuff. He could have a Johnny Manziel collapse and mm-hmm. just go like just eighteen, nineteen Baker. I mean, there's all these so these. Way- I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, Lamar Jackson. These guys yep. are all mid to mid to late first round, and they all dropped. They all dropped. Mm-hmm. And look mm-hmm. at them now. Like these are all some of the better quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. So um the answer and and we always see we always see quarterbacks at the top not pan out for whatever reason. Josh Rosen, right, is is the the earliest example recently. Daniel Jones, we'll see. Uh Sam Darnold, we'll see. Um, but the reality is like, and I don't we don't use the B word in respects, but history tells us one of these top quarterbacks that we all love. One of them probably won't work out for whatever reason. One of them is going to be incredible and probably a Hall of Famer. The other two or three are going to be pretty good most likely, but it's all about where they land, all about the scheme, all about the coaching situation, and obviously staying healthy. Uh, Jonathan, I want to come back after a quick break. I want to give a shout-out to Bomb Banana, but I want to talk about some quick second-round mentions. Davis Mills might be in that mention, a couple running backs, maybe a couple wide receivers falling a little bit. So we'll come back in just a second and talk. Quick second round before we get out of here, but before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Now, this is Bomb Banana, new sponsor to the program, big fans of uh, the show, good new friends of mine. Very, very fortunate to have them on the team. That's Bomb Banana, B-O-M-B-A-N-A. Seekthespice.com. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of your order. This is banana-based hot sauce, not to be confused with banana flavored. This is not banana flavored. This is banana-based hot sauce. They have two different styles you know i've been repping these for the last week i'll show you the first one here right on the screen boom we got the hot sauce this is kind of the mild flavor here and then we also have the mui mui in the red which is a little bit hotter i'm not much of a hot guy we know that jonathan does like his spice i am more of a flavor hot sauce guy but both of these are absolutely delicious uh my daughter made fish tacos last night they were amazing was able to put a little bomb banana on that and uh the debate is still out there if it would be good in a fruit smoothie as well find out for yourself go to bomb banana check them out hit the bomba nation hashtag bomba nation find them on social media also visit seekthespice.com use the promo code tck for 10 percent off of your order get some banana based not flavored Banana-based hot sauce, absolutely delicious. Use it on NFL Draft Day. All right, brother, we got a couple more minutes here. Let's jump into 
some second round names. So again, you know, these guys may not have an immediate impact uh, on a team, but they also might. I just want to cover a couple of names. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, we've mentioned Davis Mills, so maybe let's skip over him at this point. I have another quarterback I want to talk about. See if you have any others. A couple running backs. We haven't mentioned any running backs in the first round here. And uh, how do we feel maybe about some of these wide receivers slip? I'll let you start up here. Who are maybe, give me two or three most likely day two second round picks that you are looking forward to and you could potentially see slipping into maybe even the back of the first round. I mean, Najee Harris is absolutely preeminent second round pick that you could think of in this, in this conversation, right? Alabama running back top running back in the league this year, most pro ready, dominant, athletic, big, everything that you would need. I mean, the, the next Derrick Henry with pass catching ability, right? Like Closest Derrick to it, Henry, at least. If Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara had a baby, Najee Harris could be that that child. <laughs> that's so um, awesome. And that, right, like that's this guy's comp. So if if he does indeed pan out, so I think that he's going to go early second round. Um, let's see, Jaguars, Jets, Falcons, Dolphins from Houston. I think he probably goes thirty six um, to to Miami because um, I know that they have a myriad of running backs, but they also have a rotating it's yeah. ever rotating as they have consistent injuries. Um, and honestly, I don't think miles Gaskin is really who you want is your RB one when you already have two issues and you're trying to fill some offensive line and defensive spots. So there's a lot to worry about um, outside of the running back spot in Miami. They probably don't want to worry about the running back spot because as we talk about so oftentimes the running back spot may not be as valuable from a winning uh, perspective as it is from a fantasy perspective. With that being said, um, I do think that Najee Harris is, is, is just an easy fit if he's there. Nice. At I think that's a great call. I think that's a great call too. And Najee Harris could fall in the first – or could fall. He could be he could drafted in the first yeah. round. He could rise up. He could, he could be drafted in the first round. I know that the fantasy community would love to see him in Pittsburgh – um, potentially in Atlanta in the second round would be excellent. Just again, scheme wise, um, Travis Etienne is another one. If he doesn't go to Buffalo in the first round at 30th, he, I think will go early second round as well. So Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, even, you know, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, these running backs, I think will go, if not late first round early to mid second round. And I think those guys will be difference makers, um, coming up. I wanted to mention, uh, Kellen Mond. Uh, the more and more we get into this draft process, and now, I mean, look, we're unpacking it last minute at this point, but Kellamond has really kind of come on strong for me. Um, I just, I love what I saw on film. He's a dynamic player. He can run the ball. Um, played in the SEC. We mentioned in the quarterback episode that he, he just impressed me versus pro-style, you know, first-round drafted cornerbacks in the SEC. Um, and he played quite well with a shoddy team around him. We're not talking about a lot of Texas A&M draft, uh, first-round draft picks this year at all, and that was what Kellamon was working with um, last season. So I think he's a guy also like a Dak Prescott who got drafted in the third round who was just kind of like Tony Romo's backup. Well, Romo gets hurt. Dak has one of the best preseason games of all time, which I know don't matter, but in about four throws, he had three touchdowns and 200 yards or something, and the rest is history. I think Kellen Mond could absolutely surprise 
for a D2 team or even in the third round if he falls that far. But if one of these teams that's looking for a quarterback, the Bears, Washington football team, some of these teams that could look for a backup, even, you know, I don't know, the Saints might not be decided yet on their situation. Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Brady getting older. Um, obviously, the, the Steelers as well with Big Ben. These guys fall into a day three Kellen Mond, and in my opinion, that could be a steal of the draft five years from now. So just a another name to uh, keep on. Okay, man. Well, I had a lot of fun with this one. Tight end breakdown of the prospects, just a couple of names, and uh, we also broke down kind of our fantasy-relevant players for the first round of the mock draft. Jonathan, the draft is upon us. I'm very excited about this. I'm super excited and extremely nervous as a 49er fan as to what is actually going to happen in San Francisco, but we shall see. I'm excited about this, man. We are going to get out of here, but before we do, please once again remind all the TCK Potters where they can find all of your incredible content. Yep, I'm all over the place. Uh, Twitter's my most sourced content i guess at jonathan rifkin on twitter which is my name uh you can find all of my broadcasting stuff podcasting stuff talk show stuff uh, it's pretty all much linked into my timeline uh feel free to give me a shout um and yeah man i had a lot of fun sky i appreciate the time is always the opportunity uh and uh, i hope that we can both uh compete for a championship next year in fantasy football with our the breadth of knowledge that we're affording because if I recall, you only won one game last year, right? For what? For fantasy in our league. Uh, we're, you and I are uh, – oh, you didn't play TCK this year. So, yeah, I'm in a I dynasty. I'm pretty sure in I did. In TCK, I do just fine. I missed the playoffs by one, and I had my whole team went down. In the dynasty league you and I play in, I was right. terrible. And I did only win one game. Um, but, I mean – I had Lamar Jackson out for five games, basically didn't do anything. Saquon was out. George Kittle was out. Um, well, we've given you great quarterback, tight end, and running back conversation. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm ready. I'm ready for the rookie job. We're going we're gonna to rebuild quickly. I'll be, uh, I'll be just Harris fine. Najee Harris is going to lead the way for you as your RB1 next year, I'm telling you. Perfect. Well, if you didn't snipe a T. Higgins from me in the first round, I think I would have been a lot better off. But uh, say la vie. Always a pleasure, man. Always appreciate having you on here. Let's let's go uh, have some fun with this NFL draft. We'll get you back on ASAP. Once again, Jonathan Rifkin. Find him on Twitter at his name, Jonathan Rifkin, R-I-F-K-I-N-D. Find me on Twitter at my name, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram as well, fantasy football underscore TCK pod. Leave a rate and review on the podcast wherever you're listening. And also make sure to subscribe and give us a thumbs up and a comment how you feel about the top tight ends and how you feel about our mock draft of fantasy relevant players in the comment section. It's always a pleasure. Enjoy the NFL draft. Hopefully your predictions come well. If you're betting on any of these, I wish you the best. We'll be back next week with a draft recap. Very excited about it. Send me good vibes with the 49ers pick at number three. We're hoping for Justin Fields. We'll see what happens there. Always a pleasure. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy your weekend and the NFL Draft. Episode 383 in the books. For my man, Jonathan Rifkin, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.